0: Some of you others that want to get involved, you you definitely can do that. Um, we're going to spend some time in the Word. A couple of things I kind of wanted to do is like, uh, you know, I'm obviously not usually here, don't know your normal patterns and all of that, but I want to add value to to our time together, um, spending some time in the in the Word uh, initially, and then uh, talking a little a little bit about it. I, I, Manny said you guys talk back and forth a little bit. That's right. So, all right, that's good. Um, so, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to do that. So, we'll have a little bit of time where I'm just kind of um, kind of taking us through a particular passage, and then after we've had a chance to do that, um, we're gonna have we're gonna have some conversation about that particular passage and try to figure out how we can specifically apply it and why it matters for a uh, new church plan. So, so I appreciate uh, Cal's really kind introduction. Um, I've gotten to know Manny over the last uh, couple. Uh, do you call, call him Pastor Manny? What do you call him? No, you just call him Manny. All right, I want to make sure. I need to make sure I'm not messing that up. Uh, I've gotten to know Manny o- over the past couple months. Um, you know, Cal mentioned my involvement in church planning. Let me just let me just tell you. Can I give you my short like backstory a little bit uh, about why I would end up here talking to you, and that I'm not just some rando? Maybe that's a little. Uh, maybe that can help us out. Um, so I was born in Northern Pennsylvania. And uh, grew up kind of going to church and knowing a lot of, about God, but really didn't have a personal relationship with God until after I graduated from high school. So I did your typical high school things, you know, uh, pursuing the kind of things that people do. And I uh, was really into sports, wanted to be successful. That was kind of all my focus. Uh, my parents were faithful Christians and, um, you know, still are. And they, uh, they saw that I was coming up to a crossroads in my life. And they, when I was getting ready to go to college... Um, being from a rural area, you don't stay there. There's nowhere to go to school. And uh, they, they started encouraging. I was looking at some, you know, secular schools. And uh, and then my parents were like, maybe you should check out Liberty. And mainly because they were afraid I was going to turn my life into a train wreck if I went somewhere else, you know? And so they were like, go to this this place there's some christians there and uh so i did and in my first semester god just got a hold of my life just got my attention uh you know through just the work of the word and god's spirit i came to a point of clear repentance and faith in christ and it was uh, I mean, to say it was life-changing is almost a joke. Like, I my, I don't even know where my life would even be if it, if it weren't for what God did in that moment. It was October 29, 1997, so now you know how old I am. Uh, so, you know, some of y'all might not even been born at that point. Um, but, you know, I'm 44. And so I was walking. So I was on campus. I, I had this service. God moves powerfully in my heart. I put my faith in Christ. Um, I'm walking back to my dorm. And that night, like deep down in my heart, in a, you know, in a really clear way, the Holy Spirit just said, and this is more than just this, this is for ministry. Like, it was like, like, for me, I knew immediately God was calling me into full-time vocational ministry. Now, I was 18, didn't want, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I, I had no concept of what that was going to look like, how to do it. Like, do people get jobs? What do you do? Put your name on a board? Like, what do, how do you even do this? You know, it's just a weird thing. And so... It didn't matter. I changed my major at Liberty to biblical studies, started getting, I was just like, Lord, I'll just get ready, whatever it is that you want to do. Uh, I graduated in 2001. I met my wife there, Annie. We got married that year, August of 2001. um, I became the associate pastor at Stafford Baptist Church, which is down here in Stafford County. So, you know, if you keep going on about 25 minutes, you run into Stafford County. And so I became the associate pastor. I did student ministry there. I did a whole variety of things led youth ministry, led Bible studies, uh, kind of did all of our small group stuff. Um, While I was there, uh, our church got together a group of people just like this. Um, There were 17 of them total and started Pillar Church. And, And so there I was. I'd never really been exposed to church planting but I'm a part of this church, you know, we're maybe like 150 people or something like that. And God brings along, uh, this friend to, in, in the church, Clint Clifton, who, um, you know, we started doing ministry together and Clint's like, I'm going to plant a church. I feel like God's called me to plant a church. And, um, we got together a group, you know, the church was all behind it, got together a group, sent, uh, Clint and 16 people out to plant pillar church. And I was kind of along for the ride. Uh, I was still on staff at the sending church, but helping with all the church planting work and all the planning, and Clint was kind of leading primarily. At the same time, uh, God gave our church a heart, both Pillar and, and Stafford Baptist, where I was serving, a heart to start mission work in Iceland. And so, if you know anything about Iceland, you know, cold island country in the North Atlantic. Very, very low level evangelism. Less than one percent of the population are believers, uh, and so, um, so we just we just started developing a heart, and we started a ministry there, and eventually my family moved over there. We lived there from 2008 to 2010 as cross-cultural missionaries living in Iceland. Uh, learn to speak Icelandic. You know, live that sort of outsider life, trying to figure out how do you fit into another culture where eh, you can kind of learn the language. You're there. You you get what's going on, but you know you're just kind of in that in between space all the time. And so so there I am. Those two years in Iceland. Thought I was going to die there. Like I'm just going to stay there the rest of my life. You know, my fa- I, at the time I had two daughters. You know, Annie and I were we're like setting up for the long term. And then uh, my wife got pregnant, and our third daughter. While she was, um, while my wife was pregnant with her, we found out she was going to be born with a serious heart defect. And so because of that, we had to move back here to Virginia to like find a hospital that could really help her. And so she was born in 2010 with a half of a heart. If you can imagine that, she only has a left side of her heart. And, uh, so, and she survived like that. I was so shocked that people could survive only having half a heart. It's like, uh, this still blows my mind that she's alive today. Uh, she's 13 years old. She's had three surgeries and she's kind of all set up and healthy and it's crazy, but God used that in his like timing and order in my life to bring us back from Iceland. And at that time, pillar church which was, had gotten started and was like you know, 40, 50 people, um, was you know, mildly established. But uh, we really had a vision to see it um, to help other church planning work get started. And that was Clint's desire. And, I w- and so I came along at a time when um, I couldn't stay in Iceland, had to come home. And I joined our team there and became the preaching pastor at Pillar Church in 2011. And so in 2011, I become kind of full-time on at that church. And since that time, our church has been involved in either directly planting or we have grandchildren church, been involved in 35 new church plants. And so we started about 20 directly. And so I spend my time primarily leading the church and mentoring other pastors that go out and start new churches. And so I've been in rooms like this where you're at the beginning of a journey and you're like, we're just 10, 12, you know, 14 people. How can can we do this sort of thing? And the answer is like Pillar Church is a testament to the fact that that is exactly how we started. And you get to be along for the ride to see what God is gonna do. And the thing I love about church planting and ministry is it strips down all the stuff that sometimes people think are totally necessary and puts us in a situation where just the core things, that really matter to the heart of God and the heart of the church are what we focus our lives on. And we get to see God arrange something, build something through our lives, our sacrifice, our service that didn't exist before. And there's going to be a day down the road, I I guarantee it, 10 years from, from now, you're going to remember. Do you remember when we used to get in that room? And, uh, you know, just, just a, a bunch of us just thinking, what's the future gonna be like as we do this thing? And, and uh, we couldn't see what God was gonna do. And I just want you to know, I've been there, I, I've seen your future. And it is awesome if you lean into obedience to God's word and what he can really do for you, do through you. You know, we weren't the most skilled people, we weren't the, you know, the. The most like set up, you know, in terms of the resources and support, but we we have been we were just a group of people who were totally available to the Lord, and we were willing, we were willing to make the gospel and glorifying Jesus everything in our life, and so we've been amazed to see what's happening. So that's kind of why I'm here, because now what I get to do is not only pastor that church, I I sort of at the same time I work for Send Network. And um, Send Network is a, like a coalition of church planting work that helps new churches get started. And my assignment is to help develop church planting work in Northern Virginia. And so that's how I got to meet you guys. But, um, but one other thing I want to tell you about, about myself is um, about 10 years ago, yeah, 10, 12 years ago, I was sitting in a meeting. And, you know, I'd lived in this area for a while and um, apparently hadn't paid much attention, but we were in this meeting where they had done a bunch of demographic research about who lives in D.C., all right? And so, you know, I'm there, I'm a pastor. They're like, like, hey, we want to make this presentation to you and a bunch of pastors about um, about, um, kind of who lives in our region and uh, what the sort of missions opportunities are for new church planning work. And I'm sitting in this meeting, and, uh, you know, they're kind of sharing some demographics, and then they're like, you know, there are half a million or more Ethiopians in greater Washington, D.C. And my mind went blown. Like, all the other statistics were like, you know, 20,000, 30,000. And that was, you know, that's something, too. But I was like, what? I could you know, like, I, it's like my eyes have been, like, totally closed and unaware. And, like, from that day on, it was like a light bulb went on. I, you know, Woodbridge, driving around Alexandria, Springfield. And, and I left that day and I said, well, I don't know what's going on in like church planning work in ministry, but we're going to help a new church get started among, among Ethiopians here in DC. And so, um, you know, I won't tell you the whole story, but we, uh, we prayed that God would help us find an Ethiopian church planner who started a new church. Weirdest way, God brings this guy from Columbus who started a church in, uh, in Alexandria and, uh, We got to be a part. I got to be a part of helping him get that church started. But that day, God began to birth uh, a burden and desire to see the gospel advance among Ethiopians in greater D.C. And uh, and so I just want you to know, like, I'm thrilled to death that uh, you guys are at the beginning of what you're doing and to just be a part of encouraging that. Um, it's exciting and they're, they're exciting days. I know that's a long introduction, but I thought it would be kind of boring if uh, you didn't know anything about me. Can, can we just do like qu- any questions about that introduction before we jump into our passage? I'll take two. We won't move on until I get two questions. How did I meet Manny? Um, I met him because I did. we did a group training for a bunch of new church, plant, new, you know, new church planters in Richmond at the beginning of December. I'm new to this job I'm doing, and so the, the SEND Network part, and so that was like actually one of my first events that I was part of, and so I met Manny there, and that's, and so we've met up a couple times since then. So. All right, we got one more question that, that's required for me to move on. All right. So, with your and your journey with the Lord and serving Him, what is the one thing that you discovered throughout the years that you hold on to that was surprising to you and that hmm. reminds you of the Scripture? Wow, that's really hard to like narrow down, but I'm going to do the do the best the best that I can with that. Um, what it's it's actually something that's in this passage and that I was talking about this morning, even at, at pillar. Um, that in the process of advancing the gospel. God produces the fruits of the gospel in us. So one of the reasons that God has you in this experience of being a part of advancing the gospel through a new church plant, seeing it spread here, uh, is not just so that there can be a church plant. It's not. It's not just about like the the body that could grow and the people that could be reached. But what God wants to do to pr- to produce the fruit of the gospel in your life, you become more dependent on Him. You learn and understand. Uh, What God has done to reach you, you understand how Jesus um, like condescended to to come near to us because you have to imitate that same sort of thing. And, And that has become really precious, like, you know, because it's hard in that process. It's like a breaking down of your own confidence in yourself to shape you into who God wants you to be. And so, uh, you know, just seeing that, that in the advance of the gospel, God produces the fruits of the gospel in us, um, is something that really is valuable to me because it makes it a lot more, honestly, through the hard stuff, makes it a lot more about the personal journey that you're on with God. And it feels a lot more like an act of worship than it is like a job or a mission or an effort. It's very personal, uh, in your walk with God. So, yeah, good question. All right. First Corinthians nine. Let's, let's look at this for a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, gave, I gave Manny the, the like, title, A Clear Gospel Leads to Clear Ministry, uh, because I wanted to talk about how having a, a really clear understanding of what we're after um, helps us to be able to have the kind of flexibility that it takes to do mission. Uh, and so that's what we want to look at in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 here as we read this particular passage. We're going to start in verse 19. And we're going to read down to the end, but I'm going to um, just focus in on verses 19 through 23. Okay, I want you to see the context. So, So Paul says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law.